Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And I thank you for if you if you listen to part one or or watched it live, I thank you for that. If you if you're still with me live for part two, or if you're downloaded part two on an audio platform, I thank you for that. And uh, before I continue, let's let's see who else we have here. We have Steelers Freak, Mark Tobin, Ryan G. Did I miss anybody? Brian Brown, Micah. All right. And speaking of Ryan G, and this kind of le- segues nicely into the into the second half of tonight's show. And he says about the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers, looking forward to what they do with all this cap space. I think last time I checked, they they're projected to have like 50 million dollars in cap space next year. And we can talk about we're going to talk about that a lot down the line, but that leads me to to my next segment, my next subject, and that's if you're already looking ahead to next year and what they're going to do with all that salary cap space. Is there any reason to get excited about Ravens Week? Because as you know, it's Ravens Week. Uh, it used to mean so much. For both of these teams, I'm sure in Baltimore they call it Steelers Week or they call it something else. But whenever the Steelers and the Ravens faced off in the past, it almost always meant something. Even last year, it meant something. 
uh, as the Steelers were going, uh, starting off 11 and 0. They beat the Ravens twice and helped them win the division. Of course, the Ravens made the playoffs and they actually made it further in the playoffs. The point is, these two teams have always been um, strong contenders. Not always, but more often than not. And they're always battling for AFC North supremacy. So now they're facing off this week. The Ravens are eight and three. Pittsburgh is five, five and one, two and a half games behind with six to go. Three years ago at this time, the rules were reversed. The Steelers, I think, were seven, two and one, I believe. And the Ravens were whatever they were, but they were two and a half games back. And it looked like Pittsburgh had clear sailing for the division title and a playoff spot and who knows what else. And of course, Pittsburgh collapsed and the Ravens wound up winning the division and um, by a half a game. So can the Steelers kind of flip the script this time and, 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 and uh, trip the Ravens up and, and come from like a, a, Far behind to win the division. Obviously, if they win this Sunday, that would be a, a huge step in that direction. You know, they would be a game and a half back with five to go, which doesn't seem that bad. But the question is, as I alluded to in the first half of the show, do the Steelers have the manpower for that? Right now, I, it doesn't look like it to me. You know, uh, as I'm doing this show, TJ Watt, his status for Sunday is still unknown. There were rumors on Friday that Cam Hayward was ill. He missed he missed um, Friday's practice with a with an illness. And according to people like Jerry Dulac, it might be COVID. You know, it could be just speculation, but we don't know yet. So if you're out without TJ Watt, you're without Cam Hayward, you're without Joe Hayden, Devin Bush is being called Devin Bust. So, you know, it's it doesn't look like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is not he's not uh his usual all-pro self this year. You know, we mentioned the the line with Cam Hayward in there without Cam Hayward. I mean, my gosh, might as well be the fourth preseason game in terms of the overall talent. So, the question is is it okay to be excited as, as the title of this show suggests? Is it okay to be excited about Ravens week? And at this point, it just doesn't feel like it to me, you know? And that's mainly because of all the problems that they have, the Steelers have, right? Not, not just performance. Um, and the performance has been discouraging both on offense and even on defense. And it wasn't that long ago that this defense was considered, um, on the cusp of being truly an elite unit. And now uh, I think they mentioned it last Sunday uh, wasn't long ago. They were 11th, which, you know, was pretty close to being elite. Now they're, I think during the game, I think they, they fell to 23rd or going into last Sunday's game, they were 23rd. And I think now they're like 21st, whatever it is. They're, they're in the twenties now, as far as a, an overall defense. And that's not anywhere close to being elite. Obviously, they, they don't they can't stop the run. They're not that great at stopping the pass as of late, and they're I think on pace for less than a turnover a game now, or maybe 
a little over a turnover a game. They're not taking the football away, you know. And I think the real discouraging part for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers defense is that they're now not getting after the quarterback at a, at a high rate anymore. TJ Watt still is when he's in there and he's healthy. But everybody else, if you take away TJ Watt's 12 and a half sacks, that leaves 11 and a half sacks for the rest of the defense. I think they have 24 sacks after 11 games, right? Yeah, 11 games. So that's a uh, a pace uh, uh, for 37 if they if they stayed on this pace, which is well below what they've been doing since. I mean, since 2017, they've they've, aver- they've averaged over 50 sacks a year, but you know, since the second half of that 2016 season, they've been pretty much the most dominant pass rushing defense in the NFL, probably by far. I mean, they've been the most consistent. It's been the most consistent part of their team overall has been their pass rush. And that's not even really that potent anymore. So uh, when, when you're talking about the issues they have on, 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 on defense and the Ravens coming in here with Lamar Jackson, who obviously probably the greatest running quarterback who's ever lived. You know, uh, he's certainly, you know, he's one of the, when he's on, he's one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL. And he has issues with passing. We, we know that he had four interceptions last week. And if they weren't playing the Browns, the Ravens might've lost, but Lamar Jackson, when he's on, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to find a, a more potent offensive weapon in the NFL. Of course, you know, him and the rest of the Ravens rushing attack is pretty darn good. So you have that. And, you know, the way this offense is right now, the Steelers offense, and, and I thought we were seeing some encouraging signs, uh, especially during the L.A. game. But, you know, last week they kind of reverted back to what we saw over the first month. Ben looked. He looked afraid to hold onto the ball for more than a second. I mean, every pass was either a five-yard pass or a 50-yard fly pattern. No utilization of the middle of the field. You know, I mean, I, I realize Kevin Dotson wasn't in there, but if if if, if having him out is causes the offense to to sputter the way it did, I mean, that to me that doesn't bode well and I think like Dotson wasn't even in there for the LA game so I don't know what what happened last week with that offense but all the progress that it had shown for about a month through that LA game it it just vanished completely last week so I don't know what to make of this offense uh, the Ravens have a pretty subpar passing defense I think they're compromised in their secondary with injury but I mean can the Steelers take advantage of it and right now, I, I don't think so. So I think that the difference between the 2018 Ravens and the 2021 Steelers, I mentioned a few seconds ago, and that's Lamar Jackson. The Ravens, and they probably didn't know it at the time, they had this wild card, this, this X factor, this rookie quarterback who, who they drafted in the first round. They had him waiting in the wings, and they kind of you know moved on from Joe Flacco and, and put him in there. Really out of desperation, you know, there, there were rumors that John Harbaugh, you know, who, who everybody always says is better than Mike Tomlin, the rumors that he was about to get fired and, you know, they, they insert, inserted Lamar Jackson in the lineup and he completely changed their team, their culture, everything. And 
it became Lamar Jackson's team. Well, the Steelers really don't have that kind of player on their roster right now. They don't have that X factor, that wild card. They don't have that guy that, that, you know, if you threw him in there right now, would change everything. So that's, that's the only difference. So that's why I just don't feel all that confident about this team moving forward. Again, can it, can it change? Can my confidence in them change? Of course it can. All, it ta- all it's going to take is a win or two, and all of a sudden I'm flying high. and Or not, maybe not flying high, but I'm, I'm gaining optimism or confidence about what they can do down the stretch. But if you're looking at things right now, as far as them making the playoffs, I think they're 12th in the AFC. They're the 12th seed right now. Um, you know, tiebreakers are out the window. They, they have a tie, so who cares about tiebreakers? But at this point, and I, we discussed this on Monday's show on The Hangover. I think at minimum, it's going to take them, it's going to take four wins for them to really have a, have a, a decent shot at making the playoffs. Nine, seven, and one. But in order to get there, you're probably going to have to beat the Ravens once. Um, obviously, beat the Vikings, beat the Browns, and then find a way to beat the Titans and or the Chiefs. <laughs> I just don't see how that's going to happen. As I'm sitting here right now, uh, obviously, that can all change. That's what's so great about sports. As I keep saying, it's the best reality TV show. And... um there's something something to be said for momentum, but nothing we've seen from this team really dating back to last October of 2020 would suggest that they're on the cusp of of uh, going on any kind of a real role. So, on that downer of a note, I will <laughs> open things up to some questions and comments from the live chat. Let's see what we have tonight. Ryan G, who chimes in again, he says, the Steelers can't give Minka Fitzpatrick a huge portion of of that cap space, the $50 million cap space I mentioned earlier, because he hasn't been the same this year. That's true. But I think, you know, I'm pretty confident that he, you know, he'll, you know, everybody has a bad year every now and then. And and, and if if this is, Mickey Fitzpatrick's idea of a bad year, it's really not that bad. I think he's a, a top-shelf free safety, and I think if, if if they can work out a deal for him, they need to do it because, you know, you, you need that kind of a dynamic playmaker in your, on, your, on your defense if you can work out a deal. So, Mark Tobin says that Ben Roethlisberger's decision to come back Penn had to come back and he had faith that they would give him a better line and did not see DeCastro and Big Al being cut. Well, he had to see Big Al being cut. He wasn't cut. He was a free agent. I, I think, you know, he's a smart guy, Ben. He had to know that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna bring back uh, Al Villanueva, who by the way has not exactly been great uh in Baltimore. So I don't know what what having him here would do. I mean, I think you know, at least you have Dan Moore in there, a, a rookie fourth round pick who started every, he started every game. I think he has, he missed any, I don't think he has, he's taking his lumps, but he's learning, you know, um, as far as, uh, Castro, you know, Trey Turner is a solid vet. You know, 
again, I, when people say do something with this line, first of all, at the, at the onset of free agency, they didn't have the money to do anything with this line. All, you know, they, all, all they could do was watch guys like Matt Filer leave. But um, as far as like the first round, I mean, people act like all the top linemen were still there and they weren't. I, you know, Najee Harris was probably their best bet at, as, as far as the 24th pick. And I think it's hard to argue with Najee Harris as that, as that first round pick now that you know what you know about, about the kind of player he can be. Yeah, if you're just worried about 2021, okay, maybe they should have went in a different direction. If you're worried about the future, what they had available at 24, I think Najee Harris was their best bet. And, and of course, it's hard to argue against Pat Fryermuth. And, you know, people talk about the line. They continue to harp on the line, and I get it. You know, it's one of the biggest reasons why the offense has stunk this year. But you have three rookies. Not three rookies. Uh, two rookies and a second-year guy starting for that line. And I think that bodes well for the future for the line. Uh would it, w- will that mean that they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year? Probably. But had they gone out and signed Anthony Munoz in this prime and you know had a prime uh, Marquise Pouncey at center, do you think they're winning the Super Bowl this year with 39-year-old Ben and, and you know a new offensive coordinator and, uh, you know, uh, a new offensive line coach. You think they're winning the Super Bowl? I mean, there's nothing in there that that really. There's nothing about their their offense that that really was a recipe for for success. You knew it was gonna it was gonna take time, and they were gonna struggle. Maybe we didn't think they would struggle as much as they have, but we kind of knew this was gonna be a a a rebuilding year. Uh, kind of disguised as giving Ben one more shot to win it all, but you can't do both. I'm sorry. I mean, you just can't do both when you're talking about, about, um, I guess you can do both is what I'm trying to say. You you can do both, but it usually results in nine, eight and nine and eight or eight, eight and one or whatever. And I think that's what we're seeing this year. It would have been nice if Ben would have, was the Ben of old and he had one last great year in him before riding up into the sunset, but it just wasn't meant to be. But in the meantime, you know, they have all these rookies starting on offense and gaining all this experience this year. They have all these, these other young players on offense, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, uh, Kevin Dodson. Uh, who am I missing? Did I say Deontay Johnson? I probably did. They have they have such a young core on offense and now on defense. I think it was uh, Matt Williamson said the other day that, that uh, the Steelers have had more rookie snaps this year than any other team except the Jets. So, you know, they're 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 still trying to stay in it, but they're also trying to rebuild on the fly, which has been their modus operandi for the longest time. That's what I was trying to say like two minutes ago. I said it wrong. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, They brought Ben back. (coughs) Excuse me. They brought Ben back for one more year. A, because they probably didn't want him to go out 
in front of a, a bunch of uh, empty stadiums in 2020. And number two, they thought they could maybe go on another run with him on his way out the door. But at the same time, they're also trying to rebuild because they don't want to be one of those. They don't, I, I think they're like the fan base. They can't handle a, a total uh, collapse of, you know, like a, a horrible uh, year, like three, a three or four win season. I don't think they can handle that. So they're trying to do both. They're trying to rebuild and they're trying to, to go for it and, 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 and go on a run. And, and this is what you what you have right now. It didn't quite work out, at least after this point. So there's still six weeks to go. Who knows what can happen? But um, I had no problem with them bringing Ben back for one more year, and I have no problem with them with how they've addressed the line because they have two rookies starting. You know, I mean, they're struggling, but they're starting. They're 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 taking their lumps and they're learning. Hopefully. You know, Vince Williams, in his rookie year, he started 11 games an inside linebacker, and he struggled mightily, so much so that by the end of the year, um, Troy Polamalu was kind of filling that inside linebacker role. They had nobody else. Larry Foote was hurt in week one for the year, and their depth was horrible. Excuse me, it was another year like this year where they had cap issues. So, you know, they had to, they had to make some sacrifices. But eventually, Vince Williams became a really, really good player for them and one of their leaders on defense. And maybe he doesn't become that kind of player without that valuable experience in his rookie year. So sometimes you have to look at the big picture. Ryan G. asks, again, Ryan G.'s a star of tonight's show. I don't know why they traded a fifth-round pick for Witherspoon. They were trying to... They were trying to address the uh, the uh, secondary, the depth of secondary. They, they, it wasn't a, a finished product, even even after training camp. You know, you lose a Stephen Nelson, or you cut a Stephen Nelson, and, and and you lose a Mike Hilton in one off season. I mean, it's it's hard to replace those guys. And I, you know, Witherspoon was a former third round pick, a recent third round pick, and I think they were they were trying to. Um, bring in a player that they thought they could maybe develop into something more early, earlier enough, early enough in his career. Kind of like uh, back in 2016, when they traded a, a future sixth round pick for Justin Gilbert, it didn't work out, but it was worth a shot. So, I mean, had Witherspoon um, developed this year or contributed this year, nobody would be worried about that fifth round pick. So, uh, not every trade is going to work out. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, make a trade and sign this guy or sign that guy. But for every, every one that works out, there are probably a few that don't. That's just the life of it. So that's why I, I, I laugh when people talk about, when they talk in absolutes about the free agent activity or the draft, you know, just because they would have, just because they would have drafted a lineman in the first round back in April doesn't mean that that player would have been any good in the NFL. But we do know that they have themselves a really a darn good running back, probably a future Pro Bowl, All Pro running back. So to me, I just don't see what what why people are still harping on on uh, 
the selection of Najee Harris, other than the fact that they're worried about trying to win this year, which brings me back to the Steelers' philosophy of doing things, uh, rebuilding on the fly while still trying to stay competitive because they know, I don't think, they, they, they realize that the fans can't handle a total rebuild all at once. So I have a super chat in here. I'm trying to, I see it up in the corner, but I can't find it on here. Four ninety nine. But there it is. Victor Asher, or Victory Asher. I, that's a new name. And thank you, Victory Asher, for the four ninety nine. Did I miss it? Here we are. Haskins is, is the answer if you give him a legitimate shot. He's never had that ever since he was drafted. Mason couldn't, couldn't beat out a duck. It might be Dwayne Haskins' agent. That's a pretty strong statement. We don't know. We don't know if Dwayne Haskins is the answer, but I thank you for the four ninety nine super chat victory. That's that's very generous. I thank you for the donation. But anyway, we don't know if uh, if Dwayne Haskins is the answer, but his talent is intriguing, and for all we know, he might he might have already been promised a shot at starting next year. We don't know that because you remember if you go back to the summer training camp when he was talking to reporters he referenced a conversation he had with his high, his bosses in pittsburgh mike tom and whoever and he seemed he didn't really uh, elaborate on what the conversation was but i wouldn't be surprised surprised if that conversation was well you know we want you to develop in our system for a year and we're going to give you a, a a legitimate shot at starting in 2022. That could have been the conversation, but uh, he's clearly not going to get the shot this year because uh, Ben is here. You know, if you're bringing back Ben Roethlisberger, then you're not bringing him back so he can sit on the bench behind Mason Rudolph and or Dwayne Haskins. You're bringing him back to, to see if you can, if you can go on one more run with him as your starting quarterback. So as long as Ben is here over the last six games, he's not going to be benched. People might as well just put that out of their, out of their, their mind. It's not going to happen unless he gets hurt or they try to make an excuse for and disguise it as, as an injury and in, in his benching. And I, I, don't, I don't see them doing that. Clarence Washington says of Ben, we can't have a 40-year-old quarterback next year. But Ben, this is a young man's sport, going to pull off the band-aid. Yeah, well, I think it's going to happen next year. Again, I think they, were, they, they they wanted to give it one more shot with Ben to see what would happen. And clearly it hasn't worked. But they're not going to bring him back next year. I don't see any reason. First of all, he's not under contract. Theoretically, he has some voided years, but he's not under contract, number one. Number two... As you said, Clarence, they don't need a 40-year-old quarterback, especially one who's underperforming. If you have such a young team, you might as well just go with a in a different direction with your court. Maybe it's Dwayne Haskins, maybe it's a veteran, a younger veteran. You know, people keep talking about Russell Wilson, those kind of players, Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like that, or maybe you go with a draft pick. But yeah, I don't see Ben coming back next year. It, I think this was I was all I was behind them them uh, going with Ben one more year this year. But I, you know, unless he set the world on fire, I was prepared for them to go move on from him 
in 2022. I've been prepared for that since before the season even started. Mark Tobin says of Killer Witherspoon and that trade mentioned earlier. The trade is not the point. The point is why I make a trade when I when when they don't give him a real chance to play. Maybe because he hasn't shown the ability in practice to start or, or play significantly. Again, not every trade is going to work out. Not every trade is going to – you're not going to win every trade. Sometimes you're going to lose that trade. Sometimes you're going to take a flyer on a guy, and you're going to get him in here and, and, and find out that, oh, he doesn't he – doesn't, he's not the player we thought he was. And, you know, and also you have to consider who else – is on the roster, you know, obviously they want to develop James Pierre. Uh, they like Cam Sutton a lot. Uh, Justin Lane plays a, a, a pretty big role on special teams, even though people don't realize that he's, I think he's one of their gunners. So, you know, maybe there's just not, he's not doing enough in practice. He's not breaking through the, that glass ceiling in practice. Uh, so he's not getting a helmet on Sundays. You know, I mean, it's, it's a fifth round pick. So it's not like it's, they traded, they, they invested all this draft capital and bringing him here. It's a fifth round pick. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If, if, uh, if they brought him in here and he became a, a, a great player, then it's worth it. And who knows? Maybe there's time for that next year. Again, it's not just about 2021. It's about, I've heard more than one reporter say that this week. They're, they're, everything that's happening right now is, is really about 2022 and beyond with this team. You know, and, 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 and they brought Ben back. To keep repeating myself, they brought Ben back one more year to see if he was enough to, uh, along with the defense, to, to allow them to go on one more playoff run. You know, but in the meantime, they had their eyes, uh, they're looking ahead to 2022 and beyond. And if you look at the roster of the youth, to me, there's a lot to be excited about with this team. They have problems. They have, uh, they have things they have to address, but I like the fact that, that, that they have a lot of youth and they're, they're gaining valuable experience right away. The linemen, guys like Trey Norwood, obviously Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. There's a lot to like about about the future of this team. They just have some things they have to address. And obviously, I'm very excited about Deontay Johnson. And despite his his um, his his uh, practice statement the other day, I really am excited about Chase Claypool. You know, I think it's it's sometimes we we forget that, that it takes some players a few years to develop fully. And, you know, I thought after last year that Chase Claypool would be a, a, a superstar on, on par with uh, DK Metcalf as far as somebody who's damn near impossible to stop. But maybe he just needs another year or so to develop. So on that note, I think I will call it a night. I loved interacting with you guys tonight and I, um, uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope the Steelers find a way to win on Sunday and beat those Ravens and 
changed my narrative for next week's show. Maybe I'll be singing, singing a different tune because I'll be so optimistic about the 6-5-1 Steelers and what they could do moving forward. We'll see. But in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you enjoy Sunday's game. I hope it's a, it's a win. And go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but makes me live for tomorrow. Rips me oh, how it rips me, but makes me live for Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.